This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by the K-Pop Sundays before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Oldar, Min, and JR. Welcome to episode 38. Today, we will be talking about a different solo artist, Seven. We're going to be discussing his rise and fame in Korea and abroad, so let's start off with talking about Seven pre-debut. So, before his debut, he was just Choi Dong-wook, a student who loved music and was a fan of So Tae-ji and boys when he was growing up. In his final year of middle school, he got to start pursuing his dream of becoming a singer. He auditioned in front of Yang Kyun-suk and was accepted into YG Entertainment in 1999. The future idol trained for his debut for four years. His dedication paid off, as in 2002 he was included on the second YG Family album. A lot of companies include yet-to-debut idols and projects to generate hype, and YG is really good about doing this. On this album in particular, Seven sang on the songs Get Ready Part 2 and One More Time. It's also interesting to note that by the time 2002 came around, Dongwook was already going by his stage name. Although the singer's stage name is stylized as S-E, the number 7, E-N, no V, it doesn't have any connection to the movie, that movie being like a 1995 horror film. Actually, I saw that was a thriller, I think. But anyway, it's just a way to make a normal word look cool. And as we've seen by many a stage name, they try really hard. <laughs> the name was actually chosen because seven is a lucky number and later it would become his favorite number, understandably. <laughs> but there is a story out there that says it was because a bunch of YG members were having dinner and saw seven pieces of kimchi on a plate therefore his name is Seven. However, the validity of that story is up for debate as it's not confirmed, let alone mentioned in Korean sources that we have found while researching him. Before we dive into Seven's debut, let's talk about the state of K-pop during that time. In the early 2000s, idol groups were in a decline. Many idol groups who debuted during this time failed or just didn't chart well, even ones from companies we tend to think of as always having successful groups. This is because many notable first-generation groups were either disbanding or had disbanded prior to this time, getting ready to bounce from their company, or were established and thriving. This was a time of constant upheaval and change as the industry tried to find the next big thing. Solo ballad artists like Lee Seung and unusual high-energy dance first-generation groups like KYT were very popular during this time, so companies started pivoting towards debuting idols who could keep up with them. At this time, YG Entertainment decided to bring on or collaborate with existing artists such as Weezong, who were already good at their craft. It was also during this time that YG was training future idols who could excel at singing ballads and dancing to high-energy pop music. One of the idols to come out of this was Seven. Seven debuted on March 22, 2003. As he had already been in the public eye since 2002 and came from YG, people were immediately interested in him. And to add to that, he had a distinctive vocal color and a b-boy dance style. He was also one of the earliest idols to debut with a standardized training regime, like we're familiar with today, but at the time, this was new, as idol training used to be very inconsistent. And this new regime's merit was obvious by how skilled and polished he was as a performer at debut. His debut song was titled Come Back To Me. It's a very chill song and the lyrics are about having difficulty with getting over a breakup that happened a while back. It says that if the other person still has feelings for them, it's okay to come back because they're always welcome to do so. 
The music video is also very bittersweet. It starts with Seven waking up to a reminder on his phone that it's Julie's birthday. He spends most of the video preparing for her special day. He goes from store to store picking up items like a beautiful necklace and a cake. It's very cute and charming because he's going around town on Heelys while listening to music. I love that. A sign of the times. <laughs> In between the story are cuts of him singing and dancing. There's a dance break, but depending on the music video, because there's multiple, it's different. There's one of him dancing in a room, but there's also a version where he carefully puts down his shopping bags on the sidewalk and then does a b-boy move where he swings his body so one hand is on the ground while his other arm and legs are in the air and he freezes for a moment. Seven usually includes some variation of this freeze move in his choreography as it fits well with his style and looks fun. The MV then cuts back to the story where he's back at home celebrating, pouring wine, lighting candles, and presenting gifts to a delighted Julie. But then time pauses and Seven drops his wine glass, shattering it. He swipes everything off the table, rips his CD collection down, and throws a metal apple at a massive picture of him and Julie that's on the wall. Up to this point, the audience is led to believe that Seven and Julie are in a healthy relationship. But, as it turns out, they broke up a while ago and the ghost of their past caused him to go about preparing for her birthday until he jolts back to reality and remembers that she's gone. It ends with Seven texting Julie to come back to him. The public reacted positively to his debut. It topped NBC's music camp for five weeks in a row and debuted at number one on Inky Gaio where it stayed for two weeks. There's also an English version of the song, which was actually more common at the time than you might think. Even though it's rare to hear it, it had its own music video, which was identical to the original, but the singing and dancing parts show him singing in English. This was also the earliest indication that YG planned on Seven becoming a Hallyu star who would eventually have promotions overseas. Come Back to Me was the title track of his debut album, Just Listen, which is a polite request to give his music a shot. The cover image varies, but the one on the album I used to have was a close-up of Seven looking away, but had one hand on the tip of his hat. Besides the debut song, the track had 13 other tracks. The first song on the album is Intro, which featured pre-debut G-Dragon and Perry, and the song was featured during the dance break of the Come Back To Me music video and live performance. And Seven's dance break varied from performance to performance, but would always start with his dancers lining up, then parting for Seven to dance. Other songs that tended to be like from the album include One More Time, which was the song on the second YG Family album, and Baby I Like You Like That. Both had their own music videos and showcased a sweet image of him and his dancing. The final song that I want to bring up from this album is Loose Control, because it featured Lexi and Wizong. This track also appeared on Weezung's With Me album, which came out that year as well, but not Lexi's debut album, Luxury, for some reason, even though that was also released in 2003. But this was my personal favorite song on the album because it's a classic, good quality YG artist collab song that showcases each of the artist's voices and styles well. Seven had been touring the country from July to October with label mates Big Mama, Weezong, and Gumi, but as of November 10th, he was going to start promoting in other Asian countries, including China, Thailand, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. It was during his first year that Seven's fans, known as Lucky Sevens, started carrying light sticks to his performances. His light stick, called the Chilbong, which means seven pole or stick, is basically a thin seven that's lime green, which is his fan color. 
While this light stick was released long before actual light sticks became a thing, it's still used by his fans and was updated as late as 2018. Seven's debut made a great first impression as a rookie, and that showed during award season. He won a lot of awards during 2003, so I'm just gonna be mentioning a few of the big ones. On December 5th, he won the PAVB Rookie Award of the Year at the Golden Disc Awards. Yes, music shows have been doing sponsored awards for a long time. He then won the Rookie of the Year Award at the Seoul Music Awards on December 12th and SBS Gaio de Jun on the 29th. Seven was one of the last first-generation idols to debut before TVXQ kicked off the start of the second generation at the end of 2003. Unlike many idols who debuted towards the end of the first generation, he was able to transition well and be relevant during the next generation. So far, he was off to a great start. 2004 was a very busy year for Seven. In July, he came back with his second album, Must Listen, a nod and follow-up to Just Listen. The title track for this album was Passion, a pop track that's more upbeat than his previous work, but still polished. The music video's storyline shows Seven trying to get a girl who already has a boyfriend. You know, that's kind of ironic given crazy, but anyway. However, the choreography kind of overshadows the plot because it features Seven dancing and wearing Heelys yet again. The album sold well and Passion ranked high on charts, but unfortunately Seven also faced controversy due to the accusations of him plagiarizing Usher. This claim mainly involves the synthesizer sound in Passion, which some found to be too similar to the sound found in Usher's music, but this claim didn't affect his career in a meaningful way. After finishing promotions for Passion, Seven released his follow-up track, Tattoo. The lyrics are about missing a former lover and trying to move on, but knowing they will always be in your heart. This track is slower than the title track and is similar to his debut track, Come Back To Me. The music video, however, has the kind of visuals current fans of YG Entertainment will recognize. For the most of the time, he's in a white room that's both modern and futuristic. There are toy robots, a Segway, and a screen that he can put his hand through. During the final stretch of the video, he's wearing a casual and stylish black suit and standing on a platform. There's dark water surrounding the platform that goes as far as the eye can see, while the sky is dark and cloudy. The visuals of the entire music video are beautiful and match the track perfectly. Another song to note is Real Love Story, because like Loose Control from the previous year, this was a collaboration. This time it was Seven with Weesung and Danny from One Time. However, that wasn't the only collaboration he did with those label mates that year, as he also featured on Danny's Collision and Weesung's She's Mine. At the end of 2004, Seven released his first single, Crazy. The lyrics are about Seven calling out a guy who's trying to take his girl, and basically says it's crazy that the dude would even think of it. The song is upbeat like passion and pairs well with the choreography and music video. The music video for Crazy shows Seven walking through a building until he gets to the back room where there's a doppelganger of Seven. There's a small dance battle that happens between the two Sevens and the other dancers that ends with Seven ripping off the face of the clone. There's no gore, it's just a mask, but... The clone and his lackeys get vaporized as light appears through the broken windows. Seven's live performances are always good, but I highly recommend you watch his performances for this song especially because the dancing and live singing are really impressive. There's also a car he drives up in, in one of them. This song also featured on YG Family's 10th anniversary album that came out in 2006. 
On December 30th, Seven participated in a dance battle with Weesung against Junjin and Minwoo of Shinwa. The pair had just settled into promoting after leaving SM Entertainment the year before. It was kind of a mess, but interesting to see them go up against each other, considering that Seven was later constantly compared to Rain early in his career. And to finish off 2004, Seven received a bonsang for Passion from the Golden Disc Awards, which was impressive because a lot of good music came out that year. So after promoting in Korea for two years, YG Entertainment finally thought it was time to kick him out of Korea and to promote overseas in 2005. Seven had actually been preparing for his Japanese debut by studying Japanese for two years, so now his time had come. His first Japanese release was the single Hikari in March 2005. The song is very sweet and showcases his music style well. His pronunciation is also pretty good, which is a plus. The music video, however, is very underwhelming compared to his Korean ones. It's just Seven dancing in a white green screen space with his name flashing across the screen. There is a shot of him dancing under a fake streetlight with a city backdrop, but that's it for the visuals. However, the simplicity of it does force the audience to focus on his visuals and remember his name. But then he dropped Chiriboshi right after it and caused everyone to have whiplash and go, ooh, okay, I get it now. It was the track on the Hikari single, but way too good to be a B-side. The music, the choreography, the outfits, and the sets for the music video all worked together to create an excellent piece of media. After that, he released two more singles. The first was Style, which was very stylish, and the second one was Startline, which was a song of encouragement. And it was during this time that Seven's official Japanese fan site was launched, and a documentary was made about him, and he was touring Japan! Boy was busy. In October, he performed at the Yokohama Arena, and about 10,000 fans attended the concert. And this is pretty impressive, seeing that he hadn't released a full album in Japan yet, and he was praised quite a bit by Japanese music officials, people high up, people <laughs> that know things. After gaining a devoted group of fans in Japan, YG decided that it was time for Seven to go back to Korea. Cause you know, YG. <laughs> While 2005 was mainly about getting Seven established in Japan, 2006 was full of back-to-back -back promotions in Korea, Japan, and the US. Seven kicked off the year's promotions on March 8, 2006 with his third album, 24 forward slash 7. There were about 70,000 pre-orders for the album, and Seven was especially proud of this one because, for the first time ever, he had had a hand in producing it. Six of the 17 songs on the album were produced by him. But he wasn't the only one who was excited about it either. YG himself was so enthusiastic about the album that he wanted to make the choreography for it himself, which wasn't a very common thing that he did for his artists by that time. This album was totally Seven style, but upgraded by how good the dance tracks were this time around. It was definitely worth the wait. The first title track for this album is I Know, which Teddy guessed it on. The song is like a mix of passion and crazy, and is about his girlfriend leaving him and trying to soften the blow, but her fake kindness makes him angry and is venting about it, and the choreography for the song is intense, and Seven studied gymnastics for three months to prepare for it. He has a lot of songs about his girlfriends. The music video features an edgy Seven prowling around his apartment, the recording studio, and through town. And there's also a dance break at one point where Seven is dancing while being surrounded by cars driven by his label mates. And it's a really cool visual, but also edgy, but cool. 
The second title track is Overnight, or also known as All Night Long, but weirdly enough, it doesn't have a music video. There is a music video for the remix version, though, which came out later and featured Ivy. Another track from this album that did have a music video was Come Back to Me Part 2. It was a continuation of Seven's debut song with a similar message. In the music video, Seven is shown living his life three years later. He got a dog, started drawing, and loves going shopping for his ex. That's right, he still misses her and bakes a cake, makes a wooden doll, and more for her birthday. However, this time things go a bit better for him. He sees his ex getting out of her boyfriend's car looking miserable after fighting with him. After she goes inside, Seven sends her a text message that says, even if it's that kind of image, but still, nice to see you. Happy birthday! It's kind of implied that her boyfriend, who is played by Danny from one time, forgot her birthday. She goes outside to see Seven had left her a lot. He left a heart-shaped box that had a cake, candles, flowers, a silver necklace, his perfume, and the wooden doll he was working on earlier. As she sits on her porch crying over the gift, it seems that she might be missing him too. This was a really good way to celebrate his third anniversary as it referenced his debut and kind of gave the story of the music video a better ending. After releasing his third album, Seven was very busy. First Seven was Seven's first Japanese album. It was released in March of 2006. It contained his previous singles as well as some new songs. It was also around this time that he became a model for Coca-Cola in countries he was promoting in. We love sponsorships when idols do them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Especially since it's cola, <laughs> but okay. Then in April, a perfume called Touch by Seven was released and had over 30,000 pre-orders just in Japan. And a lot of fans outside of Japan really wanted this perfume. <laughs> and all of this came after all of the 1,000 of the limited edition perfume sold out. <laughs> Technical Floors, which is the French company producing this perfume, was really surprised by how popular it was and uh, should have made more. They done goofed. Seven also featured the perfume in the Come Back to Me Part 2 music video because you gotta plug your merch. Like it never stops. Even in 2006, yeah, you had to know the value of plugging your own stuff. And this all was a great timing because around this time, first seven Japan Yoyogi concert was being held. Yes, it's called First Seven, because you know, he got a theme with the first, so everything has got to be the first. K-pop naming conventions, always been bad, always going to be bad. Anyway, First Seven was a two-day event in Tokyo, but compared to his previous concerts, the second day included his original hits, Come Back to Me, and Passion in Korean. And it was also really cute, because in attendance of the First Seven show in Japan were Shinwa and TVXQ because they wanted to support the friend. And that is just nice. Seven's concerts are kind of where idols kind of hang out. Like there's a couple of times where it's like we were in town and we just decided to go meet up at a Seven concert. It's also funny how the celebrity making perfume passed the US boundaries. Because I feel like everyone during that time was making a perfume. I want to know what the notes were for his. Do you know? Was there any like promotional material for that? No, like how how did it smell? You know, like perfume. They, I, they list didn't. The no notes. one ever listed how it smelled. But oh. I don't. That's the problem. Is that it was originally a release of only one thousand, but then people were like, okay, this is great. We want more. Like thirty thousand at least more. 
Because that was only the pre-order. They're like, are people actually wanting this? It's like 30,000 people said yes. And they're like, um. (laughs) So I don't know the actual totals more than that. Just because I know it. You know how it smells. Or don't, don't, don't. Yes. What? Touch by seven. Includes ingredients such as Sicilian citrus, Mm. sandalwood, and patchouli oil. I do not know how to say it. That is right. That sounds like it would smell really good. It was made under the supervision of fragrance expert Mrs. Jenny Marie Foguier, who worked for the technical floor. The aroma of seven promises to stir up a new scent awareness. <laughs> why do I know this? I found the f- listing on Yes Asia. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's why. What? I can't believe you it. Is, it isn't it sold office. anymore, but the listing is still up. <laughs> That's incredible. I never thought to look at Yes Asia. Yes Asia is just the savior of everything. Apparently. Oh my gosh, I need to go back to them. After these promotions, he started performing in the U.S. in places like New York City and Los Angeles. At the same time, he was releasing the Japanese single I Wanna on September 13th. Then, Seven won the Best Korean Singer Award at the 2006 MTV Asia Awards and was supposed to do a live performance at MTV Studios in Times Square for MTV K. It was his U.S. broadcast debut, and because his label mates Jinushan, Big Bang, and Gummy joined him for it, the program was called MTVK Presents Seven and the YG Family. It was filmed in October, but wasn't released until December 19th. He, <laughs> old R wrote here, he basically brought a posse for his first day of school, and I love that. After the recording of the program, he flew back to Korea to release another album and film his first drama. He referred to himself during that time as being a part-time singer and part-time actor because he would be filming for the drama on weekdays and singing on the weekends. On November 1st, Seven released his fourth album, Sevolution. It had 14 tracks and the first one to be released was the title song, La La La, which is a calming song about comforting a girl who's going through a hard time with her boyfriend. The music video for it shows him being famous and having a girlfriend who struggles with the paparazzi harassing her. The climax is when he's at a big red carpet event and she runs to him. He hugs her, then runs to the car for her, and they make out in the back as the car drives off. They're just like leaving whatever event he was at. All the fans who were waiting with him just ditch them, off they go. During these promotions for La 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 at the NBC Music Corps music show on the 4th, he gave 2,000 of his fans sandwiches he made himself, which is my favorite fact about him. After that, he released the follow-up track, Be Good to You, which is a mellow ballad about parting and looking for comfort. The music video for it is about two kids who put pieces of instruments in jars and pretend to hear the sounds they make. The child actor who looks like Seven, who really looks like Seven, opens all the jars in an abandoned van and pretends he's conducting a symphony for the girl. Then it transitions to Seven as an adult with the girl's teddy bear in his arms. And it ends with the kid Seven not being able to hear music and wandering in an empty tunnel. It's very sad. So in the span of one year, he had released two Korean albums, a Japanese album, a perfume, and was filming a drama. At the end of the year, MTVK presents Seven and the YG family was released and everybody was looking forward to see what Seven would do in 2007. The year of Seven! <laughs> you gotta have Seven. That is actually one of his songs. While 2000 should have been Seven's year with a lot going on, some things didn't pan out the way that anyone expected. Seven's first drama, Gungas, 
was the unrelated sequel to the hit drama Gung and ran from January to March. In Gung S, Seven plays Kang Hoon, a delivery boy who turns out to have royal blood and was in line for the throne. While the drama had similarities to the original drama with there being a mystery, a complicated romance line, and the protagonist having to adjust to the palace life, it wasn't a direct copy. The main plotline of Gungas was about Kang Hoon going through trials to prove he was worthy of the crown in hopes that it would lead to him getting justice for his mom. Unfortunately, Gungas wasn't as beloved as the original, but it definitely showed Seven's acting ability and that he was kind of adorable. And for those of you who don't know, Pak Shin Hae was part of the main cast and she's so young in it. It's crazy. She's super huge now, obviously, but that's definitely not one on her filmography that people talk about. <laughs> However, that wasn't nearly as bad as what happened next. Months before his official US debut, the title track was leaked onto YouTube on March 24th. This Is My Year was an upbeat track that sounded similar to Seven's previous work and featured Fabulous. It was a partnership with Usher's producer, which I find so ironic, Mark Schimmel, and composed by Rich Harrison, who also composed Beyonce's Crazy in Love. Fans liked the track and were hyped about Seven's U.S. debut, but unfortunately, the leak caused YG to scrap Seven's original U.S. debut date and song. While we were unable to find the original upload, probably because it had been taken down, we did manage to find a re-upload of it. Luckily, Seven had plenty of work to do while his new official U.S. debut was being sorted out. On March 28th, Four days after the leak, Seven's fifth Japanese single, Aitai, was released. And then on April 7th, the 7-4-2007 concert, also known as the 747 concert, took place in Korea and was the last activity he had in his home country that year. A DVD and a few songs from this concert were later released, including the La 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 remix. But the last song Seven released in 2007 was his sixth Japanese single, Ari no Mama, in July. Before the rest of 2007, there was only really two pieces of news about him. The first was that on September 20th, a trademark for Seven was filed in the US. This trademark was most likely about his name. There are other people called Seven, and my favorite other person called Seven that isn't K-pop 7 is 7, spelled the exact same way as K-pop 7, from the band Broken Side. Why? Broken Side is an absolute garbage band that I loved as a 13-year-old. It was my vibe. I was way too young to listen to it. And he was my favorite of them, and he's a trash person as far as I know. And there's many LDR artists called 7. Tangent aside. One of the big reasons why this is such a big deal, though, was that earlier in the year, Rain tried to trademark Rain for his U.S. activities, and he ran into a lot of problems with it. So YG saw that and was like, not us, and they decided to file. Because <laughs> Rain's name is Fair. Rain. <laughs> so the trademark office is like, you can't patent Rain. It's like, no, in underneath, like, being a singer, like, this singer name, they're like, mm. So, like, there was a lot of back and forth issues with, like, legal stuff, and YG was like, we want to debut seven. We need to hurry. <laughs> Trademarking is a mess and expensive. 
Anyway, the other news about Seven that for the rest of the year and 2008, Seven's activities in Korea and Japan would be suspended because he was going all in on the US. So sad news for all his local fans, I guess. At least you give him a heads up. It's like, you will not see him. He's gone for 2008. He, he never came by. Yeah. <laughs> so Seven spent most of 2008 gearing up for his actual US debut. On May 3rd, he held a press conference and performed with 3-6 Mafia and the Far East Movement at the Highlands to a crowd of over 2,000 people. Then, on December 13th, the Seattle Times wrote an article about him performing in the city. To explain why he was debuting in the U.S., he was quoted as saying, Music is just music. Music is universal. I don't think it matters where I'm from. It doesn't matter my face, color, I just want to show them my music. I just want to show them just my music. Then my singing, my dancing, my performing. That's the point. And as the year drew to a close, he filmed a music video and had a pre-release party for his single. It was almost time for his debut, and fans were eagerly awaiting what he would do in 2009. All was quiet on the Western Front until the main event happened. The music video for his U.S. debut, Girls, was released on February 23, 2009. This was followed by Seven's U.S. website opening on February 25th and the Girls' digital single being released for purchase on March 10th. The song is a chill dance track about Seven looking for a girl and talking about what kind of girl he is looking for. Lil' Kim's part is a mirror of Seven's and is on topic, which at times isn't a thing when K-pop idols collab with Western artists. Seven said that when deciding what song to debut with, he wanted it to be easy for anyone to listen to who was just getting into his music. The music video was set in a typical club environment and fits the song well, especially since he promoted the song in clubs. So, how was it received? Well, on MySpace, it placed third in the top video category, and also charted on iTunes in Japan in the R&B and soul genre. He did it. Seven debuted in the US and was gaining notoriety. However, he was also very lonely and homesick because he had been living overseas and away from his family and friends. On May 7th, he returned to Korea for a short break. But notice of this wasn't posted until the 18th, probably to let the man chill for a little bit. But then he got swept up in a scandal. Someone had hacked into actress Park Humbul's private accounts and leaked pictures of her and Seven. Seven took control of the situation and on June 10th, he posted to his fan page that he had been dating the actress for seven years and that they had been school friends who ended up dating. And that was it. No calls for boycotting him or anything. People mostly just left their relationship alone after this post. And all was pretty calm until July 9th, when another scandal happened involving the singer. An article came out on All K-Pop called YG Entertainment Kills Seven's Career. There should probably be a couple more articles like that written for other groups, but alas. They interviewed someone from Seven's US management agency, Red Queen Media, who allegedly said that they had big gigs planned for Seven, but YG Entertainment had no plans for him to promote any further in the US. There were some pretty big allegations made in this piece as to why Seven wouldn't be promoting anymore in the US, and YG was absolutely furious. YG Entertainment released a statement denying the claims, but we don't really know much more about it because talks probably happened behind 
very close stories. However, while we couldn't find the original article on All K-Pop's website anymore, we did find a copy of it that we recommend you take a look at for more specifics. While all this drama was going on, Seven was pretty quiet and just didn't really do anything for the rest of the year. But then in December, he showed up as a guest for GD's Shine a Light concert ahead of his return to Korean promotions in 2010. And that's the story of how Seven rose to great heights from his Korean debut in 2003 to his US debut in 2009. From 2010 onwards, his career switched from reaching as many countries as possible to prioritizing the fans he already had closer to home. Before we officially wrap up part one of the series, we want to bring up a quote. In 2009, People Magazine mentioned Seven as one of the four Asian artists who are leading the charge into the US, along with Boa, Wonder Girls, and the Japanese artist Utada Hikaru. And it was around this time that Seven talked about other Korean artists who were entering the U.S. market like him. He was proud of Boa and Rain, who was an old friend of his, and said, As a Korean singer, I think it deserves applause just to be able to enter the U.S. Regardless of success or failure, I hope we can show the power of a Korean singer by showing our skills to the fullest. Even though he didn't release a lot of music in the U.S., he still succeeded in debuting which means that his main goal of bringing K-pop overseas was accomplished, and he's a notable idol in Hallyu history. Now, let's move on to the song of the day. So today, October 17th, 2013, Bestie released their second single, Love Options. And it's just great. If you want to continue with the love songs theme for this episode, here is a more uh, upbeat girl group song about all the options you have. In love? For men. Oh. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) It's a song. It's upbeat. It's cute. Bestie was good. But they could have been more. But they never got the chance. Anyway, Bestie Love Options. Go listen to it. Have fun. Trivia! (laughs) Seven debuted in YG Entertainment. But do you know the name of the first girl group in the company? If you do, let us know and we'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSumbase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out near the end of October. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.